Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Do you like what you're hearing right now? Then be sure to check out VOC Nation. Whether it's on VOCNation.com or your favorite podcast provider, VOC Nation offers the greatest in live and on-demand content, great interviews, and incredible insight from those who have lived the business. Seven days a week, VOCNation.com. And don't forget to check us out on Twitter at VOCNation. Everybody. Welcome to WCW Retro, the old Sweden Papa Thrill, the maestro of wrestling. And tonight, it's a special night. We'll be just talking about the wrestling bosses over the years. So if you've got any uh, some, uh, wrestling boss of the years of your choosing, you'd like to call and share, free, free to do so at, by calling at 914-338-1885. We'll see the numbers 914-338-1885. Anytime to the night's live WCW Retro Podcast. And, of course, WCW Retro is the place to be, folks. We talk about past, present, future, professional wrestling, but so much more. You never even was going to call in. It's half the fun right here at WCW Retro. Great to have you with us, as always. And uh, before we... Uh, dive into the wrestling bosses and talking wrestling news tonight. We will make a few announcements uh, and shout out to you. Uh, shout out to Calafar Alley Club at calafaralleyclub.org O-R-G um, Happy birthday to uh, B. Brian Blair today. Um, also, shout-outs to Masters of Ring Entertainment at mastersofringentertainment.com, Fishing with Special Friends at fishingwithspecialfriends.com, um, Innovative Hybrid Wrestling at the Maritimes there in Canada. Uh, uh, find out what they're up to, their Facebook page, facebook.com slash IHWWrestling. And uh, I'll be looking out soon for uh, Episode 2 of Hype. Hybrid, star on yours truly, Papa Stro. Uh, be, uh, be looking out for it on YouTube soon. Um, and you also, you can check out Stench of Iniquity, star on yours truly, Papa Stro, on Vimeo at vimeo.com slash Turnerverse. 
I want to give enough space. Um, of course, you can watch The Devil Starter starring Papa Stroh on YouTube. Just type in The Devil Starter or Harlequin Story in YouTube search. It'll take you straight to it. And also, you can watch me uh, in Star as the Chief in the Dust series, D-U-S-K series on YouTube. Just type in uh, Dust series, D-U-S-K, and then series in the YouTube search. Just uh, go check it out. Um, but uh, more film news to come as well. I'll be announcing more stuff coming up as well as more as, as far as Stroh Sinister Cinema News for syndication. Uh, they're in talks with uh, several uh, streaming services, so uh, I'll let you guys know uh, as soon as I can about when the series will be released in the streaming services as well. Um, for social media roundup, uh, the com is the official website, uh, my official merchandise website. You can get your Papa Stroh merch today as thestro.com slash merchandise. Uh, if you'd like to make a donation, buy me a coffee, co- buy me a cup of coffee, tips, etc. Uh, I'm currently paying for uh, some medical bills. I was really bad off a few months ago. Um, and um, so if you'd like to make a donation, send it to my PayPal at paypal.me, M is Mary, E's Meat, slash Papa Stro. Once again, it's paypal.me. Last Papa Stroh, thank you in advance for your support. Um, um, on uh, Twitter, at Sign the Stroh. Instagram, at Stroh My Stroh. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Stroh My Stroh. I'm on Twitch, also twitch.tv slash Real Papa Stroh. And so, uh, but yeah, thank you guys for your thoughts and prayers and support. Much appreciated. Um, uh, special thank you to Tomahawk Pro wrestling for having me last weekend it was a great show it was great seeing tommy dreamer again uh malay osaka and uh rodney mack and jazz and uh all all, all the crew there and of course uh, uh niger rabbit who just is just rocking in the texas scene right now uh but uh thank you guys uh much appreciated uh you guys are the best uh uh, keep you guys informed when the next appearances are coming up. A lot, a lot of things are up in the air right now, but I'm just trying to get you know get life in order, if you will. But just bear with me. But uh, yes, yeah. uh, I see the callers are lining up. So um, when we come back, we'll be talking. Uh, uh, wrestling bosses plus so much more here on WCW Retro. So uh, just, just bear with me, folks. I'm just uh, I just uh, received some uh, sad news. I don't know how true this is. We'll dive into it uh, uh, when we get back from break. But. Um, Yeah, uh, so uh, I don't uh, – I want to confirm just before I announce this on the air. Uh, so let me uh, try to get this straight here before I uh, get this going. Hang on one second. All right. Okay, well, we'll take a commercial break nonetheless, and we'll come back with – 
more on WCW Retro, so stick with us. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, this is Total Package, Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Since 2018, there's only been one program that brings you artists from around the world, both big and small, brings you the best in local talent, and hosts live events. Rock and Roll Union is all of that and more. With C.T. McManus, the lovely D, and new co-host Psycho Steve Preston, you're sure to get everything you need. So tune in Mondays at 6 p.m. for your one-stop shop for all things rock and roll. Rock and Roll Union, music worth fighting for. Check out In The Room. Every Tuesday night at 9, listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into like snuff film territory there. In the room, 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with history, the voice of choice, and killer can wrestling. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airlines cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and who could have Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Taylor, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling With History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week, talking dream matches, taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out, VOCNation.com, WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Yo, this is Jerry Stein to the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs, here you get ready to get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Hello, everybody. We're back at WCB Retro. Papa Show the Maestro Wrestling here. And tonight we're talking wrestling bosses and plus other wrestling news as always. Um, but before I, I dive into that um, with you all, I just thought we see some very sad news. Um, Lisa Marie Presley has just passed away, unfortunately. Um, apparently... 
she was hospitalized, and uh, I just got this news just now, um, right before we went to break. So, um, yeah, my sincere, heartfelt thoughts, prayers, condolences go out to to the family of of the late Lisa Marie Presley. Um, Very sad deed. But... um, Wow. Uh, what a way this was start to show, right? Um, but uh, my heart's with the Presley family right now, with the passing of Lisa Marie Presley. Uh, unreal. Uh, so with that, uh, we'll, we'll start off uh, talking wrestling bosses and more wrestling news tonight, and we'll, we'll take our first caller coming in. And I believe this is my brother Chaz from Chicago. Oh. Hey, Strong. Welcome How back, you tonight, tonight, brother. brother. Oh, I'm doing well, oh. thank you. Well, terrible news to hear some... about. To hear yeah. news to hear yeah. about Lisa Marie. I mean, I've oh been to Graceland many, many now. times, and and you know, um, she was instrumental in keeping Graceland open to the public. I mean, she had the choice to close it all down, and she chose not to. You know, she chose to keep the second floor private. But everything else was open to the public, and uh, again, very sad to hear about her old. passing. Yeah, bro, you're younger old. than me. You're younger than me, so I mean, I hear you. But you know, heart disease is is very it's detrimental to men, but it's even worse for women. And uh, so again, that was very sad. Un- unreal. Uh, sorry man. to hear about that. Yeah. Um, but on to the subject of wrestling bosses. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting stuff going it's a loaded, on. Isn't it's, a, it? it's a loaded topic, especially with uh, this past week. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, rumors are flying all over the place, and you've got uh, you, you got to love the internet wrestling community. They're all freaking out, but what they don't understand is a publicly traded company like WWE cannot be bought or sold overnight without the SEC knowing about it, without the stockholders being informed without a vote. So, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of rumor, a lot of conjecture. And I'll tell you what, if it goes through and, and people decide to turn that programming off and talent decides to leave, I'm not sad about it because I'll tell you why. It's a perfect opportunity for some smart promoters to bring the territories back. Bring it right back to where it was before. Local television, you got to buy the magazines. Local television, you got to buy the after mags to find out what the hell is going on in the rest of the country. Awesome. Love it. Bring them back. Uh, All these rumors, my God. I even heard Ted Turner. (laughs) Someone said, Turner Turner may bought it. (laughs) I I found it laughable. I I laughed at this one. I heard heard Tony Khan and his father. But what people don't understand is Tony Khan and his father already own shares in WWE. All they would have to do in order to take over, in order to take over the company, they got a quarter of fifty-one percent. That's it. Yeah. Then they own WWE as well. Now, wouldn't that be a kick in the teeth if, uh, if the quote-unquote secondary promotion bought out the big boys? Oh my God. Kind of a role reversal with the you know with Vince buying WCW, isn't it? Then, then Tony Khan would be like uh, Rick Moranis being Lord Helmet playing with the action figures, baseball. Oh well, 
playing with them worse than Billy Corrigan does. Don't <laughs> get me started on that. Oh, no, we're going to get started on that one soon enough. Oh, yeah, we're going to have fun with Billy's ass, too. I, I heard Corrigan, yeah, someone posted something about Corrigan maybe. I mean, God, this, this social media is nuts. <laughs> well, I mean, here, if it's true, okay, don't get me wrong. I would love to work for the NWA. Okay, that's my shameless plug. If anybody connected with the NWA is listening, you need to book Chaz Moretti. I am, without a doubt, the best mouthpiece in the business right now. Okay, I'm done with that. But if Morgan's going to get rid of the NWA, if he's, uh, if he's done spending his money on his latest little project, like when he got hosed by Dixie over at TNA, that was funny. I- I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. But I think the NWA should be, if it is sold, should be sold and returned to what it was and what it should be, which is a sanctioning body. The NWA was right. never a promotion. It was a sanctioning body. Uh, it was controlled by, like you said, owners, right? The owners of all the territories, including Vince mm-hmm. had voting rights in the NWA. Okay. So it should be returned to that. Whoever, quote-unquote, buys the NWA, if they're smart, they do the right thing, and they make the NWA a sanctioning body again. Again, right. under the territories. I mean, there's nothing... Everybody says, oh, either you evolve or, or you die. You don't reinvent the wheel. The territories were working since 1948. All of a sudden, what? <laughs> it's, uh, it was wrong all these years? Hmm. But yeah, so okay, we we covered Crazy. Corrigan, we covered Vince, Tony Khan, uh, <laughs> we mentioned Dixie, and that's about all Dixie gets because she was an, uh, a complete embarrassment. Who's next? <laughs> oh gosh, uh, we we could uh, go on night on this one if we wanted to. <laughs> oh, well, we probably will. I I hope they gave you a, a couple extra minutes allotted in time. Because, uh, yeah, right. I mean, you know, here, you want, you want to talk about the greats amongst the owners? You want to talk about guys mm-hmm. that really made an impact um, over the years? Toots Monts out in New York, you know, the predecessor to Vince Sr. Uh, with the Capital Group. And he was promoting wrestling mm-hmm. matches since the, since the 30s. You know, one of the guys that I always tout, that I always put over, is Jim Landis. Because Jim Landis was drawing mm-hmm. million-dollar gates in the Depression. And who was there right. booking them? Jack Pepper and Toots Moss. You know they were making it happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know th- th- those were those were bosses. I mean those were guys that were promoters in the strictest sense of the word. You know we didn't get a, a world title match every other week or or every or every third month on a on a premium live event. I mean you got it like you would a boxing match. It might be six months to set up a world title match, but when they did, I mean they sold out arenas. And we're not talking about 12,000 seat arenas. We're talking about Soldier Field at 65,000 people. You know, those were those were events. Um, but as uh, far as, you know, as far as territorial bosses, I mean, my hat is always off to Vern Gagne. I mean, look what Vern Gagne gave us with the AWA. Granted, he broke away from the NWA. But look at what he gave us. Without Vern Gagne, you don't get Ric Flair. Period. You get oh. rambling Ricky Rhodes. Yeah. I mean, you don't get a lot of guys, actually. Think about it. I mean, 
A lot Ken of the Patel. early WWE roster was from Vern. <laughs> yeah. Ken Patera. Don't see him no more. Because no one's going to sponsor him for Olympic weightlifting. Um, Chris <laughs> Taylor. Remember Chris Taylor? Yeah. The, uh, the Olympic uh, wrestler that they brought out on mm-hmm. wild world on wide world of sports, no less. Yeah. I thought it was hilarious when Mad yeah. Dog Bashan broke his nose right on television. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a, there I mean, were a lot of guys. Stu Hart was Gene a Gene Oakland. I mean, he came from there. Burn. Yeah, I mean, Stu Hart was a great owner. Um, Eddie Graham, Jerry Jarrett, Jackie Fargo. I mean, Vince Senior. There were just so many, uh, you know, great owners that were all over the country. Fritz Von Erich, you know, a, a race what mm-hmm. happened to his family and, and all the demons that they had to fight, but world class was the stuff back in the 80s. Oh, it was amazing. You know, My God. You go out west and you, and you had, uh, you go out west, you had Mike LaBelle and Gene LaBelle running L.A., uh, the Shires mm-hmm. up in Frisco. I mean, there were just so many great owners uh, of professional wrestling promotions and, uh, uh, and for Bosch. lack of a better term, Paul Bosch. You know, you had guys yeah. that were great payoff guys. I mean, Bob Geigel um, mm-hmm. running Kansas City and St. Louis. I mean, these were these were men that were respected. Bill Watts for his for all his craziness. Oh yeah. Um, you know, these were guys that were well respected. The Crockett's, and mm-hmm. that's why the NWA, in my opinion was, and, and if it's run right, will always be the premier uh, sanctioning body in professional wrestling because you just look at the amount of talent and the amount of smart businessmen that were integral to the success of that organization, like I said, since 1948. So, I mean, uh, right. I will always be an old-school territory guy. My wife cringes every time I talk about it. She's like, it's 2023. I said, I don't care. For me, it's still 1983. The territories were where it was, you know. Uh, Give him his credit. Jimmy Cornette, your old boss at Smoky Mountain was a genius. Oh, yeah. I mean, Smoky Mountain in the mid-90s, when there there were virtually no territories anymore, and here comes Jimmy Mm -hmm. running Smoky Mountain as an old territory. I mean, that, that that was brilliant. Loved it. But and um, look at Paul I mean, Heyman, ECW. I mean, you, you're talking about yeah. catching lightning in a bottle during that time. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody wants to talk about Paul, and is he now a parody of what he once was, or, or uh, you know, was Paulie dangerously just a jumping off point? I, I don't know. I think it was all a. I think it was all a, a part and parcel of Paul's personality. But, I mean, he took a little small regional promotion like Eastern Championship Wrestling and decided, you know what, let's just give people what they – let's see if they want what we're going to what we're gonna give them. Or we'll give them something they haven't seen before. We, we had always seen no DQ matches and cage matches and uh, matches where anything was allowed, you know, bunkhouse matches and, and the like. But, I mean, Paul just served it all up on one big platter and said, here. Now you've got extreme championship wrestling. And like you said, it yeah. was lightning in a bottle. It, it was it was genius. Uh, 
wasn't my cup of tea. I mean, I wasn't really a fan of ECW. I was a fan of some of the guys that were wrestling in ECW, but I wasn't a big fan of of, uh, of using every household appliance you can as a weapon. I just didn't see the point. Well, we have 615 area code. Uh, welcome to WCW Retro. Hi, hi, hi. <laughs> Well, hello, Patty. Uh, welcome back. How you doing? Rich, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing okay. Just hanging in here. <laughs> Just wanted to check right. in and see how everybody was doing. <laughs> no, doing, doing good. Well. Thank you. Good. Um, <laughs> That's good. Yeah, we're, we're just talking, talking about the old school tonight. Yep. Yeah, yeah, wrestling bosses. You, you, you got to wrestling bosses that come to mind you like to talk about, Patty? Mm, not really. I couldn't help but catch you talking about Paul Heyman. Well, he's one yeah, of Yeah, we were just talking yeah. about Paul. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> well, he is okay, you know, if you like, but, you know, like him, He makes a pretty good manager, too, sometimes when he's out there. Yeah. You know? He's still dealing oh, with the bottom of mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, did you notice that, Stroh, that, that Paul's carved out a niche? And he's, he said it in interviews that his niche now that he's carved out, it used to be he wanted to bring back old stars and repackage them. And then once mm-hmm. he started, um, once he started with um, with Lesnar, and uh, before that they were going to bring him out with Benoit, that he was always looking mm-hmm. for the next big thing. And I think you yeah. know, he struck that with the with the bloodline as well. Um, yeah. So I, I think you know Heyman's Heyman's niche, and I think what makes Heyman a genius as a boss is that he can put his finger on what the next big phenomena in wrestling is going to be. Mm-hmm. Look what he's done with Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. I wouldn't mind seeing another one of those uh, type matches like Hulk Hogan was in in the No Hoods Bar where he went against Zeus. Oh, yeah, okay. that, all that Oh, that came to mind uh, was due to his boss, Vince McMahon. <laughs> he lined all that up. Yeah, and the unsung hero of that movie was Stan Hansen. <laughs> yes. I actually, I actually got to meet <laughs> Zeus in person. He, he, was, he just happened to have been at the school where my son was went to school at. Oh, that's cool. Uh, it, 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 yeah, it, it was an elementary school, and he was there with his niece, or it might have been his daughter. And me and my son was sitting there, and all of a sudden he, he comes in and sits down right across the other side of the table from us. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Kind of creeped me out that he actually showed up like that. 
Oh, yeah, he was a big guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hear a puppy dog in the background. <laughs> so i got to ask you a question, though. Well, I mean, we're, we're yeah. talking about bosses. Let's Let's talk about one of the premier underbosses of professional wrestling. He didn't own the company, but he ran it. Your old boss. What are your thoughts on Eric Bischoff? Yeah. Oh. Well, uh, Eric. Eric was, um, you know, he was big on production. You know, he wanted his production <laughs> just top notch, and he was very, uh, very hands on. Actually, very approachable, and um, and you know, he uh, there were times where his frustration would lie was with, with production because he wanted production to come off as, as well as possible. So, I mean, that, you know, I don't, I love it. You know I mean? Um, and people like, uh, say certain things and, you know, and uh, it, it's inevitable. Some people rub each other the wrong, wrong way, but I mean, Bischoff was just re- was really great to me. And, and, uh, it was, it, it was very, uh, interesting to see how he, you know, managed things at the time. And, uh, he, uh, and and during this time, his, his run, I mean, you, it, arguably, it was like one of the best runs ever uh, with WCW, in which uh, you know we were actually uh, at one point uh, the number one company in the world one one time, and he yeah. was at the helm of it all. So I mean, yeah, I got to give him props for that. And I mean, with the whole uh, the, the NWO angle, uh, the Goldberg, the Sting. Uh, it was just like the, all the stars just uh, fell lined and uh, made one fantastic run there with him. So, yeah, I think what did it. I, I think what what did it for me with Bischoff, because um, I was more of a fan of WCW during the wars than I was uh, WWE or WWF at the time, was that they were still uh, paying homage or still portraying the old NWA as well as as moving forward whereas the attitude era again I wasn't a big fan of the attitude era because I don't I don't condone or I don't think that the idea of working blue and for those that are uneducated working blue is when you have to use profanity within your promo to get your story across I I was never a big fan of that and so the attitude era didn't do a whole hell of a lot for me but WCW did because it, it had a little bit of edge to it but yet it still had that um that tradition that the NWA had already had always possessed. And I think I think Bishop knew how to how to put the two together mm-hmm. quite well. Well here we I go, don't folks. understand we that the, my Skype call one one one. Oh, we can <laughs> thank Vern Daniel for Bishop too. <laughs> so uh mm-hmm. welcome to WCB Retro. <laughs> Hey, that do. thing with the profanity, you don't sound too encouraging to me. Welcome to WCB Retro. How you doing? I'm, yeah. I'm doing good. How you doing? Hey, what's going on, Brian? Great, great. Great. We're, we're talking not, uh, wrestling ball tonight, Brian. <laughs> I'm sure you have a lot <laughs> to talk about with, with that topic. <laughs> oh, and so before we, before we uh, introduce Brian again, Let's thank Vern Gagne for Eric Bischoff. Without without Gagne, you don't get Eric Bischoff either. There's another one, yeah, <laughs> from Vern. 
right? Yeah. Yep. Eh, not really. <laughs> so what's happening, Brian? Not not much. I just ha- I've had a had a crazy day. I tell you, uh, with Fat Pal, I, I tell you what, uh, I got a I got an e- email earlier from uh, Netflix that they couldn't uh, they can't get a payment to go through. And I said, what in the world? Because they've been they've been uh, doing the payment each month, you know, from Netflix since October. And so uh-huh. I got a message they can't get a payment to go through. So I called. I called PayPal, and I said, what's going on? They said, well, it's Netflix's problem. So I called Netflix, and they said, it's PayPal's problem. I called PayPal, and they said, it's your bank's problem. I said, what? So I called the bank, and the bank said, everything's okay. It's your problem. Well, and then I I called called Netflix back, and they said, no, everything's okay on our end. It's PayPal's problem. So I called PayPal, and they said, Oh, you got a you got a limit, you got a uh, limit uh, on your account. I said what? They said you got a limitation on your account. I said why? They said because we got to we got to prove it's you. So I had to send them all kind of information and stuff, and then I, so they said they said give it seven or ten days, and then you then uh, we'll email you back and let you know what to do. Said, That's crazy. Oh yeah, that sounds insane. like WWE headquarters is the place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Sounds like somebody's Man. losing it there. <laughs> yeah, who who is that talking? Is that a uh, granny? Uh that is that no, that no. is Patty. Yeah. Oh, it's Patty. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I know I've heard Granny on the phone before and she's hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're going to turn oh, her heel. Yes. Have no fear. That's why she hasn't oh, been yes. calling lately. Granny, if you're listening, you better call in and protect <laughs> yourself because I have every intention of turning you heel. Oh. Granny, Granny's the star. If if you don't believe her, just ask her. <laughs> Literally. She is the second most recognizable <laughs> athlete in the world, baby, next to Muhammad Ali. She's got more gimmick tables than Virgil. Oh, I heard that. I, I heard the story from. I don't know if you guys heard the story from um, from Bruce Pritchard about when Dusty came to to WWF, the second run uh, back in the nineties, mm-hmm. and um, they had Pritchard as his driver, had him driving him around. He says for five days he had to listen to Dusty tell him that he was the second most recognizable athlete in the world, next to Muhammad Ali, baby, until they got stopped <laughs> by the police. So they got stopped by the police, and, and the cop walked up to the driver's side where Pritchard was driving, and he said, you know how fast you were going? Yes, sir, we do. We're trying to get home. Okay. And he says, wait a minute. Are you a wrestler? And he says, yes, I am. He goes, oh, wait, I know you. You're Brother Love, right? He goes, yes, sir. Uh, can I get an autograph for my sergeant? He He's a real big fan. He would love it, and I would too. And I'll let you off with a warning and just don't speed anymore. And so Pritchard signs <laughs> off on two autographs. And Dusty Fuelman, <laughs> Dusty's in a passenger seat Fuelman, and the other cop goes around the passenger side and looks and goes, aren't you a wrestler as well? He goes, yes, sir, I'm the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. I'm the second most recognizable wrestler next to Muhammad Ali. And the cop says, well, that's great. Have a good night. Walked away. <laughs> <laughs> and that was well, Pritchard's Dusty, Dusty Rhodes. 
Rose is but another again, boss. Let's man. talk about let's talk, let's about, talk about, about Dusty as look, 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 look what Dusty has done. I mean, be, behind oh. the scenes. Without My a God. doubt. I mean, Starcade. Jimmy Crockett went to Dusty in 83 and said, we need to put an event together. A like that we that no one's ever seen before, and it, can, it turned out to be Starcade. I mean, Dusty was responsible for Starcade, the Great American Bash, the Bunkhouse Stampede, War Games. I mean, what what else didn't come out of that? Mm-hmm. Out of the out of the uh, the genius mind of Dusty Rhodes. I've actually got I've actually got two true stories about Dusty. One one is not good, and and one is good. Well, tell the one that's uh, good. Well, uh, Mark Marrow, you know, he, he, bragged, he bragged a lot on Dusty Rose. He said that uh, Dusty was responsible for him being a uh, little Richard, you know, impersonation. Uh, yeah. Bad. Oh, Johnny Bad, yeah. He was originally going to be called uh, Precious. That was originally going to be his name. And uh, he, they turned him in. They called him up and said, hey, uh, we're going to make you... Little little Richard spinoff. He said he got to meet little Richard and everything, and uh, Dusty was sponsored Johnny Bad. And then, and then the bad story of Dusty comes from another wrestler, uh, Adrian Street, Exotic Adrian Street. Oh my lord, he uh, he he for some reason I don't know why, but he don't like Dusty. Rhodes. He, he did not like Dusty Rhodes. I don't know why, but he just uh, Dusty wouldn't put him over in Florida. Oh, okay. That must be who Adrian. Was. Adrian was yeah, a hell of a hand. And, you know, he's a great worker, but Dusty for some reason just wouldn't put him over in Florida. Huh. I wonder why. I did. I don't know. I don't know. It is, it's an interesting concept. That does. But that does sound Jerry Jarrett saw the the talent in Adrian Street, and you know made the world sit up and take notice when Adrian worked in Memphis. So again, yeah. bosses are all individuals in, in terms of of what they do. But but Dusty, like like Stroh said, I mean you just look at the amount of events that were on the wrestling calendar that came out of the mind of Dusty Rhodes. It's amazing when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really in, really intelligent. I mean, you know, a lot of a lot of stuff that he come out with. I mean, war games and uh, I mean, so much that he done and uh, just amazing. And that and that promo, you know, lives on forever. The son of a plumber, you know, when he cut it on NWA. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, there's a lot of Dusty's promos that live down forever. There are a lot of there are a lot of um, active wrestlers right now that owe whatever promo skills they have to Dusty Rhodes because Dusty was the promo coach at the Performance Center. Yeah. You know, you mentioned Jerry Jarrett earlier. I mean, you imagine the time of man, all the just think about all the talent. That Jerry Jared has, has worked with over the years in the Memphis area. I mean, you know, like oh, I'll, I'll give you an example. You know, the times I've gone to the Mid South Coliseum and, and wrestled. I mean, I would get chill bumps just thinking about the who's who of the business has been here at one time or another. Memphis oh, wrestling. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's amazing. 
that's one of the reasons why I love working pro wrestling mid south. I love working for that promotion because just because of the history. I mean, you work Dyersburg, you work Ripley, when uh, they were working Beale Street for a couple of years. I mean, at uh, Jerry Lee Lewis's Honky Tonk, the history in Memphis is, is, my God, it's second to none. Look at the, just look at the wrestlers that that Jerry Jarrett created. I mean, he created the mm-hmm. Rock and Roll Express. Yeah. Amazing. British Bull. <clears throat> Whatever happened to the British Bulldogs? They both died. They both died? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they unfortunately Ooh. passed away. Yep. Amazing. But, I mean, you look, he created, he created the Rock and Roll Express. And then yeah. they mm-hmm. all three got together. Jackie Fargo, Waller, and Jared all got together and created the antithesis of the Rock and Roll Express, the Fabulous Ones. Right. And oh, Kamala wow. what, came what, out of that mind. I mean, between mm-hmm. Waller and Jared, fabulous. they created Kamala. Yeah. Fabulous free birds. Now, the birds came out of Florida. Yeah. The birds were Eddie Graham's creation. And Bill Watts really turned them loose, really let them run them before they went to Dallas and worked for Fritz. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I kind of like you're you're right, Strum. I mean, the, the amount of the amount of talent that came out of Memphis that was homegrown mm-hmm. out there. I mean, Coco Beware came out of Memphis. Mm-hmm. Tagging with Norville Austin. He was right. one of my favorites. <laughs> I mean, here, oh, Jerry Jarrett. I wonder, I wonder if created, that was the idea of uh, the I mean, Jerry Jarrett created the, the King Jerry Lawler. It was mm-hmm. Jerry Jarrett and Jackie Fargo that created Jerry Lawler. Mm-hmm. What about Rock and Roll RPMs? <laughs> Rock and Roll Express? No. Yeah, the RPMs, Eric Embry. No, RPMs, Absolutely. I think you're right of Florida, too. Mike, uh, Mike Davis. Yeah. Yeah. The Nightmares. Tonight, Came out yeah. of Memphis. Yeah. <clears throat> Action Mike Jackson. Action Mike Jackson. We refer the world was first um was first witnessing Lord Humongous, who was later Sid Vicious. Yeah. Came out mm-hmm. of Memphis and the CWA. There's a lot I mean, of them that came out of Memphis. Oh, let's not forget let's not forget the other genius, who I think was probably the best heel in the history of wrestling, Andy Kaufman. No one wanted to oh, book yeah. Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman wanted to bring his comedy wrestling act to an arena to perform in front of a wrestling crowd one time. And Jarrett and Lawler decided, oh, no, this is too much money. This is gold. And, I mean, they turned it into an entire angle for, what, two years? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, Memphis, Memphis was one of the biggest things. To me, ever. Memphis is, is always going to be one of those meccas that uh, that you you just have to sit there and shake your head and appreciate. You know, the first time I worked, the mm-hmm. first time I went to work down in, in down in that region for pro wrestling mid south. On the way home, um, I took my wife on a little bit of an excursion. She was kind of questioning where the hell we were going. And we were going to the Mid-South Coliseum, which was fenced in because they were renovating and whatnot. But I got up as close as I could. I mean, you just look at it for for what it is. It's a church. 
I mean, if you're a professional wrestling fan or or a professional wrestling um, worker or talent, and you don't appreciate what the Mid South Coliseum meant to wrestling, then you're in the wrong business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Chad. No, no, right. no, go ahead. I was just going to say, you got another wrestler that a lot of people do not mention anymore, and he was one of the best of his times, in, the best of his time in uh, world class, and that is uh, Iceman King Parsons. Oh, most definitely. Absolutely. Most definitely. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. and, and Gary Hart made mention of this one time. Um, Paul Bosch and Joe Blanchard did not have rosters of wrestlers available to them. They all went through the Dallas booking office. Fritz controlled every wrestler that worked Texas, no matter mm-hmm. if it was Amarillo for the Funks or um, or Southwest Wrestling for Blanchard or Houston with Paul Bosch. They all all that talent was booked through the Dallas office. They all went through Fitz, or through Fitz. Talk about being a boss. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and look, and there again, I mean, look at the talent that came from Texas. I mean, a, yep. lot, a lot of talent just went to the Texas area at one point. And who was the first one to Not take Ravis a chance on, on a young, skinny, blonde kid that later became the mm-hmm. Texas Rattlesnake? That was Fritz Von Erich that did that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and Chris Adams. Rude, Eddie Gilbert. Yeah. Uh, gentleman Chris Adams. Gina Hernandez. Yeah. Missy Hyatt. Missy Hyatt, first yeah. Missy, Missy Hyatt and Johnny Tatum in Dallas. Right. Percy Pringle. Yeah, the uh-huh. Missy Miss Lake, Pringle. One Man Gang, Bruiser uh, Brody. Oh, that was Bruiser Brody's home home territory. That was his home fed. I mean, um, I didn't realize until until the documentary about World Class came on that Sunshine was actually Jimmy Garvin's cousin. <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't know that either. <laughs> you had Killer, Killer Tim Brooks. Yeah, Killer Tim Brooks was, and um, uh, Nicola Roberts' baby doll came out of Texas. Her first job yeah. was was valeting for Gino Hernandez as Andrea the Lady Giant. Yeah, that, that was different. And you mm-hmm. had uh, Jim Cornette, Bobby Eaton, and uh, Dennis Condor. Yeah, and then you you look at it too. Again, for every great boss, there's always a great underboss. And you would never know that the that you would never would have imagined back then that the actual underboss, the actual guy pulling the strings, was the referee David Manning. Yeah. Yeah. You also <laughs> had the Fantastics, Bobby Fulton and Tommy Rogers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just coming back up north. I mean, I, I moved to our family moved to Chicago in '76, so I was able to take in one show at the International Amphitheater. And you want to talk about an atmosphere? I mean, Byrne was the boss, but on those amphitheater shows, you had not only Vern's input, but you had Dick the Bruiser's input, as well as Bob Luce's input. I mean, those were just 
crazy shows month in and month out. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bobby Heenan yeah. got shot at in the amphitheater. Ooh. <laughs> Someone took out a 38 one night and started shooting at the ring. <laughs> Bockwinkle and Vern were in the ring wrestling for the title, and Bobby's at ringside, and Bobby literally crawled under the ring. And Vernon and Bachwinkle looked at each other and said, what was that? They thought somebody let out firecrackers in the in the stadium. Turned out to be something that was done at them. <laughs> now, that's heat. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, Straw, I wanted to, you know, we, we mentioned Stu and what he did out west. But, you know, out east you had the Tunnies in Toronto and Mario Saboldi right. in Montreal. I mean, those were mm-hmm. those were great bosses. Those were the guys that gave us Andre the Giant. Right. Yeah. I mean, right. they brought Andre over from France. Mm-hmm. There's one I miss oh, yeah. not seeing is Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah, I mean, when Jim Barnett, Jake when was a product of Georgia Championship. Him? Right. Yeah, Jake was a product of Georgia Championship Wrestling. That was Jim Barnett's territory. Yeah. And look, look well, what Jake, Barnett, Jake, look what Barnett uh, started Jake's with Georgia on, uh, AEW, but he hasn't been on there a while. <laughs> I mean, look what Barnett did, uh, did with Georgia Championship Wrestling. I mean, and look yes, what sir. it came to be. You know what I mean? He had the, the, he got the ball going. Ooh. Yeah. The Legion of Doom, which was a five-man faction, which you you could never get that kind of talent again. You had the Road Warriors, Bundy, Jake the Snake, Roberts, and Don Jardine, the spoiler. Oh, yep. what a group. Wow. And you did, I've and seen you know a when, lot of uh, those matches. I've seen a lot of those matches at the CNN building in downtown Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, sure. Oh, wow. You know, yeah. uh, when, the, when the Road Warriors had the dog collars on, well, they're real bad guys. They, you know, they were the most feared, decorated tag team in all of wrestling. I remember watching an old clip. It was uh, Jim Cornette managing Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane there at the Omni in Atlanta, and the Road Warriors were bloodied, and Paul Lederer was in the corner, and they said, the, the Road Warriors hawking at him were devastating. Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane, and they didn't put out Sting and Luger. They didn't put out the Colossus. They had put out Magnum T.A. and Dusty Rhodes. I mean, they had, they had went through the basically the whole NWA tag team division, just destroying everybody. And uh, those guys were unstoppable when they had those dog cars out. I mean, here I mean, the Road Warriors, Brian, were the only tag team in the history of professional wrestling to ever become Grand Slam champions. They were AWA, NWA. WWF and IWGP out in Japan, tag team champions of the world. Only team to ever accomplish that. And again, without a great boss, without Jim Barnett, you don't get the Road Warriors. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. Those were the good old days. Well, you know, and you, you look at St. Louis, Stro. St. Louis had the wrestling at the chase. That was a show in which there were no um, no federational obligations. 
Everybody ran mm-hmm. through St. Louis, no matter who you worked for. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, everybody talks about, you know, breaking down the, the the fourth wall and opening up the curtain. Hell, the curtain was open 40, 50 years ago. I mean, because in St. Louis at any one time, you would see Harley Race, Dick the Bruiser, Bruno San Martino, Pedro Morales. All these guys went through St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And the funny part was none of them, with the exception of the NWA title and the Missouri State title, no other titles were ever defended in St. Louis during that period of time. So that's how Sam Muchnick wanted it. No, because that's how Sam Muchnick wanted it. Sam wanted to showcase wrestling. You know, he didn't want to just uh, pigeonhole it, work on one one side or the other. Hey, again, you know, like you said, I like the the theme of the show is so is so right on this week. It takes many different bosses to accomplish what professional wrestling is made to be, which is the best presentation of good versus evil that there is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the funny thing is, especially what's going on right now, is yeah. <laughs> the best the angles and storylines that are going on behind the scenes. <laughs> per se. And and again, <laughs> you know, people have to be have to think for a second. Don't be foolish into getting caught up in a wrestling angle. Because a publicly traded company cannot be bought or sold without regulatory approval, without the approval of the board, without the approval of the stockholders. There has to be a stockholder meeting, whether virtually or in person. I mean, they're not going to sell that company on a handshake. It doesn't happen that way. That's funny you brought that up, uh, Chaz, because before I caught in the show, I saw that Triple H and Stephanie McMahon both were against the sale of WWE before Stephanie McMahon resigned. Well, supposedly there's no sale yet. The rumors I know are that, saying that, that it's sold. I but know it's... that, but, but I'm saying that they're against a sale of even... WWE even selling. They're against it. Oh, absolutely. They're even selling WWE. Yeah. They don't, you know, they don't agree with Vince McMahon. And, you know, if you kind oh. of think about it, I don't know if I mentioned this sure or not, but it's kind of like kind of, a storyline is coming to Because you think about about 15, 20 years ago, Vince McMahon was on SmackDown. He was sitting in a chair, had NWO spray paint on the back <laughs> of it. He turns around. He laughs in the camera and says, you know what? I created the WWE, and I'm going to destroy the WWE. Me and the NWO. And now, if you look at it, that's basically what he's basically trying to do, except, except the only difference is he's letting his ego go to his head, and he's trying to make sure that he gets all the power back, and he don't care about... Uh, Triple H and uh, all the wrestlers and all that. He just cares about it. as long as Vince McMahon gets his power back and all that and kills his step and whatever. He don't care, you know. Well, yeah. Well, what you gotta what you gotta realize too, though, is what he's doing right now is an is an old school power play. 
They have TV contracts that are coming up for renewal. They have venues that they have to renew. They have merchandising agreements that they have to renew. And Vince, always being the 51% stockholder, has the right to hold that up. And that's exactly what he's doing. If he wasn't reinstated as the executive chairman of the board, he wasn't reinstated to 100% of his uh, creative ability in terms of how the, the package is presented, he wasn't going to sign off on any of the merchandising deals, any of the TV deals, and he wasn't going to sign off on any potential sales. He, in essence, held the company hostage. Like yeah, but I mean, that, he's brilliant. That's, that's uh, selfish, yeah. though. I mean, the, the way he did the way he went about doing yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't dare fire me because I wouldn't work for him. Well, I mean, here, you, people always say, people say all the time, oh, McMahon is this, McMahon is that. You know, his power's gone to his head. He's got a big eagle. The man mortgaged his house and everything he owned on WrestleMania 1. If that show flopped, Vince goes broke. And he won. <laughs> and he ran with it. And he milked Hogan for all he was worth, merchandising-wise. So is the guy, well, is, he a, um, is he a nice guy? I don't know. I never met the man. Is he somebody that's, like, you know, everybody's favorite? Absolutely not. But as far as being a boss, he's brilliant. I'm, yeah, he, he is he is brilliant on, you know, running the company and stuff. The thing about it is, though, this this is the thing about it. You know, there's no saying what go what goes around comes around. And there's no oh, saying you reap what you sow. I and agree. And the thing about it is, is this. If you go back in the history of WCW, when Eric Bischoff was running WCW, um, and you compare it to WWF, or WWE, whatever you're calling it. If you will. There... There's two differences. WWE. And those differences is WCW never ever, even when the Stroh worked there, Rob Kelly, the guy on the phone with us, when he worked there, WCW never had any employee come out and mock God or talk about religion or do any crucifixion stuff like Vincent Mann has done. So, you know, whatever goes down with Vincent Mann on the whole company thing, you know, with the allegations come out against some stuff, you know, in my opinion, he deserves that because it says in the Bible, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. You know, so that's just the way I feel about that. And you talk about your Psalms, and you talk about your John 3.16, or Austin 3.16 hey, exactly. says, I just whooped your ass. Hey, exactly. You know. <laughs> but, but you know but that. How many t-shirts, though, Brian? I agree with you. But how many t-shirts did that one promo sell? The most sold t-shirt in the history of wrestling merchandise is Austin 3.16. Oh yeah, I know. I, I know that, but you know, if you think if you think about this though, you know the the Austin uh, three sixteen thing. You know, it's like 
John three sixteen, and then you got the you got the uh, bloodline is actually a, a gospel song, you know, that talks about bloodline. And you got Judgment Day, then you had the re- FTR there called the Revival, and it's just, and then you had uh, Seth Rollins was called the uh, Messiah, and then Triple H was the King of Kings. I mean, all this stuff is references to the Bible, and you know, Vince man knows it, you know, but I mean, he sure don't he care. Does. But, Sure but, does. You, know, you just read the list! <laughs> and like you said, though, and as Bischoff said, what's the best way to make money? Controversy. Controversy creates cash. Creates cash. And right yeah. now, WWE stock, this week alone, shot through the roof. Why? Everybody's, everybody's trying to buy in because they figure if the company is sold to the Saudis, Right? Now the Saudis got to buy out all the stockholders because they want to take the company private again. Well, that means you got to pay out the stockholders. So look what happened to the WWE stock this week. I I have been watching WWE my whole life. You know, except for, I'll tell you this, and this is a true story, Chaz. This this is the gospel truth. Okay. Back when Bits of Man came out years ago with Shame of Man, and he was doing the feud with Shawn Michaels, and he he said, Shawn Michaels, you're going to fight, you you and God are going to fight me and my son Shane. When he did that, I turned the channel. I didn't watch I don't WWE you. programming I don't you. for a year and a half. And then let me, t- let me tell you the one thing that got me to watching WWE again, because uh, it was about when my brother was living, I told my brother, I said, listen, I said, this is what happened. I said, I know we don't watch WWE no more, WWF. And I said, uh, but Chris Wall has died. And I said, Chris uh, Chris Wall's wife died and his, his son's died. I said, and they live they live right down here in Felt uh, with Georgia, close to us. Right. So I said, uh, we need to turn it on and see what happened. So we turned it on to see what happened. Well, we turned it on to watch what had happened. So Vince came to the ring. We knew nothing about this explosion stuff and, uh, you know, killing off and all that stuff. So anyway, he came to the ring and said it was supposed to be part of his angle of his character in and all that. Well, if Chris and Wah, if that if that situation would never happened, I would have never turned back on WWE. But when I turned well, it back home and I watched it, then I continued to watch it. But the thing about it is, if they if they end up selling to Saudi Arabia, I will not support them because I don't support blood money. And I never have watched the Saudi uh, Arabia events that they do. The only thing I've seen from those events is on YouTube. I've seen a clip of Undertaker and Goldberg, and then I've seen Titus O'Neil slide under the ring. That's all I've seen from those events because I I do not support the blood money of Saudi Arabia. I agree. And as, you know, as Stroh said at the top of the show, and as I, I reiterated a couple of different times tonight, if they sell to the Saudis and the Saudis, just by their very ownership, wind up killing the company, good. It's bringing back the territory's time. You know what? I just I just had a brilliant idea. You know, and I'm, I'm not just saying this because you're on the show. You would be a great, great promoter to bring back your own territory 
and you know maybe get a TV deal. I mean I that'd be good. That. No problem. <laughs> now that was a show, Stro. That was a show you should have been on as the maestro. The dating game. <laughs> love it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I would love to be on that show. God, I love that show. Oh yeah. Could you imagine the maestro on the dating game? In in full regalia. Oh, oh I had to pay so for much that fun. ticket. <laughs> Oh, that'd, be, that'd be tremendous. I can, I can see it now. The, I, I can see it now. The contestants, the maestro, the missing link, and freight train. Oh God! Wow. What a crew! Uh. <laughs> that poor girl, whoever she is, better hope she picks straw. Because the other two are just a nightmare waiting to happen. Tell me. <laughs> He didn't just say that. Hey, you know, before we forget about bosses, um, <laughs> oh, I think either today or yesterday was his birthday, but here's another guy that doesn't get enough credit. Matt Simber, the creator of Glow, mm-hmm. yeah. doesn't get enough credit as what a great boss he was. Bro, I mean, Glow was a comedy show. They were not, I mean, they were and they weren't fully trained wrestlers, but look what they, look what they sprung. They sprung wow. They gave the premise for Shimmer out in Chicago. Um, Shimmer sends a lot of girls to the WWE, including Sarah Del Rey, who was the main trainer for years and years and years. I mean, the women's evolution doesn't happen without Sarah Del Rey. Doesn't happen without Dave Prezak running Shimmer. Doesn't happen without Matt Simber running Glow. So, I mean, let's give some credit to Matt Simber for what he did. And they're still talking about Glow to this day. Yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very good point. And, I mean, now, whatever happened to that Glow series? Did they not get picked up for another season? or? I I, I don't think they ever got picked up after the, the last season, which I think is, what, the third? Third season or fourth season? I haven't seen anything for anything new yet on them. Mm-hmm. But then again, if they're, oh, okay. holding true to the, if they're holding true to the actual Glow series, I think Glow never went past the fourth season, did it? Mm, I don't fourth think. Fourth or fifth season. I think, I think Glow lasted either four or five seasons in syndication. So it might have been, that that been, oh. been a, uh, that been a, um, a purposeful uh, plan on the Netflix series. Is that the company you're talking about that uh, A.J. Mendez is announcing? The one no, called Wow? Well, Glow was back in the 80s. Glow was the original. Oh, yeah. I, kn- I know that. I know that. But yeah. I'm talking about the, the Wow thing. Is that the... No, Wow is Dave McLean's. No, Dave okay. McLean owns Wow. And Dave McLean okay. worked for worked for Simber with Glow. And Dave worked for Bruiser out in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Bruiser gave Dave McLean his start as a ring announcer. And I hated Dave McLean as a ring announcer. He was annoying as hell. He goes on glow and he's, he's genius. <laughs> mm. <laughs> now, I got a I got a question for you, okay? Now, this is the night talking about ball. Okay, so just, just imagine this for a minute. Okay, it's been uh, over 20, it's been 20-something years, I guess, since... Uh, WWF purchased WCW, 2001. So, 
say Tony Khan buys WWE, could y'all just imagine the ripple effect of Tony Khan walking out on TNT, doing the hand gesture, and saying, I now own WWE, and then going out to the ring and giving a thumbs up, thumbs down. Y'all want to see John Cena? What about Randy Orton? What about Matt Riddle? Could y'all imagine that? Wouldn't that yes. be deja vu? <laughs> yes. And that, then the, that would be really cool. explosion that would happen afterwards, because Tony Khan does not have the mind to run a company in that kind of scope and size. It would all break apart. And again, getting back to to my beating a well, dead horse, we'd all go back to the territories. Here's here's what I'm thinking though. Here's what I'm thinking. If Tony bought the company, because he's already got Ring of Honor and AEW that he's running, instead of him running them, have tri- let Triple H and Stephanie run the WWE. Who says they want to? They might. There's well, always been rumors that that. There's always been rumors that Step and Triple H are going to run their own. I mean, oh, no. yeah. but again, if it all let's see, let's pose the premise that it all breaks down. AEW or whoever buys out WWE, they can't maintain the size roster that they have. They can't maintain the level of quality of production. They can't maintain all the costs that go involved with a multi-billion-dollar corporation, and it all breaks apart, and it all goes back to where it started. What do we really lose? Well, you you don't really lose anything. You actually gain because you gain the territories, like you said. You bring back the territories, and you have different people go different places, and... You, you get know, more wrestlers and talent, more places to work. Yeah, but I mean. There's one thing we haven't brought up yet this today. What has to come back in every single state that is not currently in place is the State Athletic Commission, which Vince McMahon single-handedly brought down 15 of them by declaring, and he broke the cardinal rule of kayfabe by declaring that these were predetermined exhibitions and that they were entertainment just to avoid paying a state licensing fees. Delete! 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 <laughs> so, I mean, mm-hmm. think about that. you got to bring the commissions back for the territories to work. Now, you, Brian, you gave yeah. me a great compliment and told me I'd be a great promoter, and I appreciate that. But you know what job I'd want? I wouldn't want to be a promoter. I don't want to be the commissioner of the Illinois State Boxing and Wrestling Regulatory Body, wrestling side. That's, I would love nothing good. more than to walk into good. an outlaw, non-sanctioned, <laughs> independent wrestling show and shut that garbage down. Get a few wheels. 120 pounds. They couldn't break a peanut shell with a jackhammer calling themselves wrestlers. What are you kidding me? Now, now Chad, you brought up finished. You brought up a great point on talking about people not being able to call themselves wrestlers. Now, 
there's one independent company out there that my friend uh, James has mentioned to me a lot, and he he said it's just a joke of a company. Now I want to see what you think of it. Um, he says they 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 went as far as to have an invisible man versus an invisible man called uh, Game Changer Wrestling, GCW. He sent me a video of the match, and I thought I that's know just people that, that's ridiculous. You know I know people that work for Game Changer. Like I said, Dave plays that uh-huh. dear friend of mine, and he's on the commentary team. Game Changer has a niche market. Their niche market sells out every arena that they're in. they got to be doing something right. The ones I'm talking oh, wow. about are the shows that are in a parking lot where everybody brings their own lawn chair, and you got kids that are in that ring that have no idea what they're doing and look like garbage. I was at one of those shows on a whim, just went to go check it out, and there was a guy uh-huh. in the ring who, again, did not look like a wrestler, looked like uh, he hadn't seen a barbell in his life, was so drunk in the ring, Brian, that he had a seizure. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, and it gets better. The promoter, was... the boss, uh-huh. got upset when an ambulance was called. Because he didn't want to pay for the ambulance. What? Oh, my goodness. Wow. So for every good boss that we've talked about, there are a lot of bad bosses out there that don't deserve to be in their position. But that's what happens when you don't have the state athletic commission. Anybody in uncle gets a third-party liability insurance, rents themselves a ring, and voila, they're a promotion. Nonsense. Hmm. <laughs> well, I'm what do you think about Freddie Prince Jr. having his own cabinet? No. Which one? Freddie Prince Jr. having his own cabinet. Oh, my. Scooby Dooby Douchebag? Yeah, no, we'll pass. MJF Jerry, was Jerry, right Jerry about Heaven, him. Yeah. MJF was right <laughs> about him. Oh, gosh. Oh, we lost. We lost. Oh, we lost Brian. Brian, if you, uh, uh, call, call back if you can. Sorry, man. Yeah, see, he's gonna call now. He's gonna he's gonna call PayPal. And they're gonna tell him it's Skype's problem. He's gonna call Skype and tell him it's PayPal's problem. And ultimately, it's Brian's problem. Come on back, Brian. It's been fun. Yeah, come on back, Brian. Lost it. Come on back, man. <laughs> I don't so know what, what do you think about it? What do you think about all this stuff? I mean, it's a it's a lot to digest when you start thinking about bosses, good bosses, bad bosses, wannabes, never will bees. I mean. Mm-hmm. Is should our sport go back to being what it was, which is a regulated sport, and undo the uh, the entertainment nonsense that Vince's promoted for the last twenty five years? I mean, is it is it to that point yet, or no? I'm sure we'll get there really eventually, probably sooner or later. <laughs> I, I would think because look at Japan. Japan still mm-hmm. promotes as sport. And that's one of the things I like about Japanese wrestling. I, I don't mm-hmm. care for the quote-unquote strong style, because to me it's just an excuse for being reckless. But I like the press conferences. I like the big fight feel that they have. I like the idea that a title still means something. And you're not talking, you know, they're still out there, they're still talking about who's going to win a title. They're not talking about well, I wonder who they're going to put the belt on. Oh, do yourself a favor and shut up. 
<laughs> right? You know, we didn't think that way back in the day. You know, we didn't think about, you know, who are they going to let be the champion? You know, let nobody be the right. champion. You were the champion because you won it. Mm-hmm. Not because right. uh, someone let you. I mean, that's just that's just my opinion. Again, there's, a, there's people listening to this going, Chaz is completely full of crap. What the hell does he know? Well, you're not alone. My wife asks that question every single day. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome back, Brian. Thank you. I don't, I, I don't know why the robot didn't didn't like me, but anyway. <laughs> hey Brian, what happened? Was it Skype's problem or PayPal's problem? Well, I I was talking next time. Yeah. Now the robot says, "I'm sorry." Thank you. I'm, I'm just teasing you. Goodbye. I'm sorry. I'm just teasing no, okay. you, brother. I'm sorry. But uh, <laughs> you know, we, were, we we brought up a we brought up a um a point earlier. Thought was very valid in that. Um, if everything was to was to go back to being presented as sport, um, does the idea of kayfabe need to be truly pushed again? Because it's not right now. I mean, people, you got the the uh, internet wrestling community, and you can hear my sarcasm. Who loves to talk about how kayfabe is dead, but they're all getting saved right now with with Vince and the sale and everything else. They're all getting worked. Yeah, the only the only one of them that, that didn't get worked was that Sean Ross Sapp guy. He said he wasn't going to report it until he knew it was true, and he's the only one that didn't report it. Well, he also said that it wouldn't be true unless you heard it on um, one of the financial news networks. And, and like I said, yeah. he's right because you, you know Wall Street Journal and yeah. Yeah, in order to sell a publicly yeah. traded company, you got to go through all the regulatory issues that go along with it. But you but know, I'm gonna, I'm you know, go ahead, Bob. Go ahead. Oh, I was no, no, just going to say, I read an article yesterday where they said that um, this whole thing with uh, rumors of, about Saudi Arabia and stuff, they said that. If you remember correctly, back in uh, WCW, when before they got sold, that rumors went around that WCW was sold, and Eric Bischoff released a statement with his financial partners and said that they purchased WCW, and they hadn't purchased WCW when they thought they did, and then Vince McMahon swooped in and bought it, and the same thing happened with UFC. So they said that yeah. the rumors started just like this, where they said that they denied them and said they were fake, and then it ended up being a reality. Well, the so. one difference, though, the one difference with WCW is WCW was a brand division of Turner of Turner Sports and Turner Broadcasting. So McMahon didn't buy Turner Broadcasting. He didn't buy the parent company. He bought a brand. So it was like any it was like any TV show or brand switching networks. That was in oh, essence, okay. what, it, what that tale you. was. In this, you have okay. WWE as a standalone company. So for the WWE to be sold, you're not only you're not buying brands. It's not like somebody bought Raw or bought SmackDown. You're buying the entire operation. It would have been, it would have been as if McMahon wanted to buy Turner Broadcasting. It would have been but that kind of you know, But you know the thing. The thing that's kind of sad about it is it. Well, there's a lot of things sad about it. If the Saudi thing happens, but. 
and this and this goes for every single wrestler that's ever stepped into the ring anywhere, is that they would end up owning the library of WCW world class, ECW all the wrestling memories. Yeah. Yeah, Vince bought the library. Yes, I mean, you know, that, that'd be bad. Well, then again, you know, Khan's already bought the ROH library. So, I mean, that's something. Um, yeah. I'm, Billy Corgan, Bob Luce had film from the late 60s through the early 80s of every single Chicago show that ran. And he had a little hall, little Chicago Hall of Fame. And those films, those eight millimeters, would be running throughout the Hall of Fame the entire time that it was open. But Corgan bought that entire video collection uh, when when Bob Luce uh, passed on. So I mean, he's yeah, got but, the Chicago can, archives. But can you? But the thing can you imagine is, Iron but, Sheik being the GM for Raw. <laughs> who, oh, sorry, who's that show? Imagine the Iron Seat coming back and made a GM for Raw. <laughs> oh, my God, I would love it. I, no, <laughs> the Iron Sheik is, is the new WWE <laughs> president. He's the new Jack Tunney. <laughs> <laughs> could you oh, imagine? And I know it's his birthday today, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tease him. Uh, but could you imagine the Hall of Fame voting and Sheik's got the final say? No Hall of Fame for <laughs> yeah. you, B. Brian Blair. Stupid jabroni. Ah, oh, yeah, that would have been brilliant. Brilliant. Brian, if the Sheik runs the WWE, you're never getting in the Hall of Fame, dude. Happy birthday. <laughs> oh, well. Jimmy Brunsell, okay, we let in. Be Brian the Blair, never. Ha, boy. But you know, you you know, Chaz. The, the only thing about Billy Corgan and Tony Khan owning the you <laughs> owning the uh, library, you know, a you know of uh, Ring of Honor and uh, the classic NWA footage, is they know something about wrestling. If the Saudis own it, they don't they don't really know much about wrestling. And the way I know that is, I was reading yesterday, and this this is awful that about three years ago, Saudi Arabia asked Vince a man, they said, uh, we want a match, we want Undertaker to take on Yokozuna. And they said, uh, Yokozuna is dead. And they didn't even know that. And, and they wanted the Ultimate Warrior to show up in the ring and wrestle. And he died too. Oh, that's awesome. They, they didn't even know it. Do you know that they had to, do you know that they had to get special permission because you know how the Saudis, with their uh, their version of, of Islam, um, requires women to dress extremely conservatively. Yeah. Uh, to yeah. the point of being covered completely. Do you know they had to get they had to actually get special permission for Ronda Rousey to wrestle in her gi barefoot? Really? Oh, what kind man. of sick, depraved individuals would have to give permission? For someone to have their hands and or foot uncovered. Come on, give me a break. So stupid. That is crazy. But they got money. And why do they got money? Because they're sitting on top of a quadrillion dollars worth of oil. And they're not afraid to sell it. 
So, I mean, it, it's it's an interesting time. But I'm going to ask each of you this question, and, and we'll start with with you, Brian. Of all the bosses that you have ever seen in professional wrestling, who do you think was the most influential? Uh, let me think. And by influential, I mean creating stars, creating events, creating angles that have stood the test of time. I'm going to say, even though, I'm going to say two different people. Okay. One of these companies, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't a big fan of, but I know that they knew how to, how to create stars, and that's the guy that ran the AWA. I think it was uh, Vern Gagne. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. Vern Gagne. And also, world-class championship wrestling owner, Fritz Von Erich. I think both of them knew how to uh, run a promotion and make stars. Great. So, what do you think? Hmm. Ah. So many, it just it would be hard to narrow it down to just two. Um, or, or, or one or three or whatever. We, but by influential, well, um, I mean Ed, uh, an owner of Eddie Graham. Yeah, Eddie Graham would have to be right up there because oh my gosh, I mean what a great promoter he was. Um, and you know the the Crockett's man. I mean they at one time they had some of the best years in wrestling. In the 80s, right? And then, yeah. uh, of course, uh, you know, with you like him or not, Vince, I mean, gosh, who would be hard up to say Vince in his prime was just amazing. Oh, absolutely. With what he did. Absolutely. So. And, and I'm going to add one of the, in my own book, one of the most influential, um, strictly because of the, the, um, the prejudices and the biases against this particular promotion, but Leah Mayavia and Polynesian Pro Wrestling. Oh, she was yeah. an oh, yeah. influencer beyond belief because you had to understand Hawaii was situated halfway between California and Japan. So when the boys were making their trips to Japan, they would stop in Hawaii, work for Leah, go on to Japan. Work in Japan, come back, stop back off in Hawaii, work for Leah again, go back to the States, or go back to the mainland. The kind mm-hmm. of stuff that she did, taking over for her husband when he passed on, with Polynesian Pro Wrestling, doesn't get enough credit, in my opinion. But like you said, there are so many. Vern Gagne was an influence. Crockett, yeah. Jim Barnett, Eddie Graham, Vince Senior, Vince Jr., give him his credit. I mean, the guy created events. He created stars. He created the biggest marketing star ever in the history of sports in Hulk Hogan. There's so many, but, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the ones that you don't hear about, but yet you hear about what happened that they had a hand in, and you, you got to give it to Leah Viavia. Right. I mean, she was a woman. She was Samoan. And she was way out on an island. 
So, I mean, she had three things working against her, and she still made it work right. I mean, the boys would fight to go work at Polynesian Pro. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but I don't know if you guys knew this, the very first place to feature Jerry the King Waller as a heel was Polynesian Pro Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Back in the mid-'80s, he had lost the Loser mm-hmm. Leafs Town match in Memphis. Next thing you know, thanks to the Financial News Network, which broadcasted all sports on the weekends, Jerry Lawler pops up at Polynesian Pro as, and get this gimmick, not only the King Jerry Lawler, but he was also known as the Mouth of the South. Huh. <laughs> wow. Didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Go back and look those up on YouTube. Now, and that Lose Leaf Town match he lost, wasn't that uh, Bill Dundee? Yes. Yes, it was. Yeah. So I'll you, look at, you was. look at you know you look at the kind of influence that Leah Maivia had. Waller was a babyface mm-hmm. for what, fifteen years? Goes out to Hawaii and he's an instant heel. Mm-hmm. Comes back and the next thing you know he's working for Vince. As what? A heel. <laughs> I just think it, yep. you know I, I just think that the. Uh, those days, while they're not with us right now, yeah, they they have the potential to come back. And like I said, it's speaking of Japan, I mean, what about it's Giant not Baba? A bad thing. Yeah, look Giant at Giant Baba, Baba. With, with Japan. I mean, yeah. When I was when I was out in England this past October, I had the honor of meeting Tony St. Clair, and Tony St. Clair is a legend in British wrestling. And you know, mm-hmm. we were talking, we were, we weren't talking, we were listening to Tony talk. And Tony remembers vividly his most favorite tour ever was in 1976 when he toured for Giant Baba in Japan with Dory Funk, Terry Funk, and a ho- Jack Briscoe, and a host of other uh, great stars. And Baba brought him out, and nobody really knew other than in England who Tony St. Clair was. And Baba brought him clear across the world to work in Japan. So, yeah, I mean, Bob is another guy that doesn't get the credit. Uh, let's take a look at the boys down in Puerto Rico, Carlos Colon, Hugo Savinovich. Mm-hmm. And what they did down there, I mean, you know, save for the Bruiser Brody incident, which, again, just cast a, a dark mark on that whole promotion. But like Dutch said, it's their island. Yeah, I mean, I mean a, gosh, so, so many great promoters overseas that get gets overlooked. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, and you know, I'll give I'll start off the shout outs for tonight. I'm going to give a shout out to probably the finest promoter in all of Europe right now, and that's Ricky Knight with the World Association of Wrestling. Ricky Knight mm-hmm. is a consummate professional. He is a man's man, and he is a promoter who not only demands respect but he earns it every single day. He treated me like gold out there, and there is nothing I wouldn't do for Ricky Knight or the World Association Wrestling. That is my U.K. home, and always will be. Awesome. That's awesome. Now, you know, I remember years ago hearing about Otto Swans in Germany, and how they would like to uh, do wrestling matches and rounds like boxing. 
Yeah, yeah, they still do that in England. They do it in rounds. Um, I've seen them do. I saw them do one. It was it was actually interesting. It's basically a two out of three falls match, is what it is. Mm-hmm. But they ran ten three minute rounds, and it was the first to the first to either get two pins, two submissions, or a knockout. So now, if you had a pin and one submission, the match kept going. It was either two pins, two submissions, or a knockout. That's how the match ended. But more often than not, it was basically a two out of three falls match. The match is different. You know, oh, yeah. Dave Marquez is another boss that um, doesn't get enough credit. Dave's doing wonderful things with championship wrestling from Hollywood and Arizona and, and Memphis Championship and so forth. And Dave posted mm-hmm. an interesting question today on Facebook. He had said, um, um, how would today's talent react to working in a 20-by-20 20 20 ring like there was back in the old days? I mean, you think <laughs> about it. You look at you look at the days of the Olympic <laughs> Auditorium. That was a 24-foot ring. The apron, you could have held a match on it. So, yeah. I mean, you know, there's a lot to be said for that. But then you go to England, and I've seen them work. Uh, WAW uses an 18-foot ring. These are WWE ring. But I've seen them, I've seen other promotions use a 14 foot ring. A 14 foot ring is like wrestling in a telephone booth. <laughs> There's just nowhere to go. But yeah, a lot of you know, again, a lot of great bosses that are, that don't get their due, and Ricky Knight's one of them. Is there any uh, plugs you guys want to give out tonight? Go ahead, Brian. Uh, well, I, I'm going to change it from a plug to, to a prayer request. Uh, my friend okay. James, um, Gavin Music Man, he lost his dog uh, yesterday, Cheyenne, mm-hmm. and uh, she's she's his other dog, uh, Gladys's mother, and he's had he's had uh, Cheyenne for a long time, and just remember him in your prayers, and uh, just remember all the people in your prayers that got COVID and uh, other stuff going on. Uh, I know a lot of people that have got uh, COVID and, you know, gotten better and stuff, but uh, Joker Ricky that used to call on the show, uh, his dad just got out of the hospital with, with uh, pneumonia and uh, COVID, and he's he's still weak and everything, having trouble uh, getting around and stuff, but uh, they, they did release him from the hospital, but just pray that he'll get the strength back and get to feeling better and just pray for me and my family. We always need prayers and uh and thank you so much for this great show of uh David Stern Retro that you've been putting on for years and you continue to do and you know, uh you know, you really bring uh an atmosphere to an audience and stuff to, you know, be able to express their concerns and whatever it is about wrestling and everything else, and uh, you really bring a lot of knowledge to the show and everything, So, uh, and a lot of knowledge to everybody else. So it's an honor to be on here, and thank you for uh, doing what you do, Stro. Oh, thank you. Always a pleasure having you on. Anytime. Feel free. You're very, very uh, welcome. You always got a home here. <laughs> I appreciate it. Definitely. So, Cass, what do you got, brother? Uh, other than, like I said, other than the stuff we've already mentioned, you know, a big shout out to Ricky Knight and WAW. Um, 
you know, big shout out to to BOC Nation and Brady and yourself for the great programming. Uh, other than that, you know, just everybody stay healthy and stay safe and uh, try not to get all bogged down with the with the nonsense that's going on in our country and around the world because uh, you'll go goofy if you if you spend too much time thinking about it. So just enjoy life and enjoy each other and. Um, anybody's looking to find me, you know where to find me. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I drive Lori Lightfoot crazy every single day on Twitter because she deserves it because she's an idiot. <laughs> and I'm not afraid to say it. I live in <laughs> Chicago, so the mayor of Chicago is an idiot, and then I let her know about it every single day. I get more likes off of that, strangely enough, than I do off my wrestling promotional stuff. Go figure, right? But, uh, again, you know, <laughs> all the best to everybody this week, and um, can't wait to be on next week and uh, figure out what subject we're talking about then. And, you know, until then, uh, thank you very much for giving me a platform to uh, express my views. Oh, absolutely. Oh, always, always, brother, always welcome. And uh, thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, you all so much yeah, for Yeah, before in. I forget. Uh, to all you cheap yeah. asses out there that like Stroll and like to listen to Stroll and like to see all the promotional stuff that he does with uh, his movies and appearances, go into your pockets. Send him a few bucks. Enough with the words. Make with the money. So carry you, Stroll. Don't worry about a thing. All right. Thank you so much. <laughs> Uh, uh, we'll be back next Thursday, so feel free to come on by and uh, we'll talk more wrestling right here on WWE Wrestling. You guys have a good rest of the week and weekend. Uh, God bless. Uh, good yeah. night, all. God bless. <laughs>